Are we live? I'm grateful. <laughs> cool. All right, cool. I'm grateful before I am conscious. The vulnerable are powerful and the most gangster thing you could do is serve. This is the All The Way Live podcast. What it is, what it do. What it is, what it do, Mr. Miles Xavier. How you feeling, brother? Fantastic. Fantastic. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. We got some new furniture. A little bit, a little bit. Been moving the space around, you know what I mean? How it we look? got some new furniture, man. It look, it, it look good. And what I think brings us the most amount of joy is getting to take these people on a journey with us of growth, especially in how we're giving out this this content, man. So if you're watching this on YouTube, we're sure you're noticing a few things that have changed and we get to get all the way into that because this is indeed, like my brother said, the All The Way Live podcast and our singular intention. Drop those drops, actually. Drop those drops. Are we live? Indeed. As my brother once said, all we do here is drop gang mad drops is what we do but apart from just dropping mad drops we give y'all every week this carefully curated content for your cranium we do this without fail we do it because we're passionate about it and we take relevant topics relevant thoughts and ideas and concepts and we bring them down through this the the lens of two black men traversing what is otherwise a crazy world at the time so it seems more than seems it's definitely crazy out there it's definitely a lot of things that i know for sure that i need to talk through to understand to make sense of uh to feel like i'm not the crazy one and that to under to be reminded that it's really the world uh so i appreciate you for being somebody that that i bounce those ideas off of and we appreciate y'all out there man and we hope that you come to this space uh you know with all of those all of those same questions and 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 troubles and 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 whatever might be on your mind and that at the end of by by the time that you uh depart from here that you are feeling that you're feeling better so we that's what we bring here is positivity uh love and uh a little bit of sauce on the side you know what i'm saying Definitely, definitely gang sauce. And that sauce comes through some of these conversations that we got lined up. You know, we dedicate ourselves to these these thoughts. We dedicate ourselves to some topics, especially those that revolve around current news, recommended and review and stumble upon. Those are the three different segments that we have regarding the conversation we're going to be doing for stumble upon. This week, we're going to be touching on the baby, Lil Nas X, in the overarching conversation around black male sexuality you know i think that's a dope conversation for us to have there's a lot for us to dive into that we then stream from there into current news on current news this is where we bring to you the absolute hottest of news bringing that down simone biles you know what we you know how we feel about black women on this show matter of fact we don't we can show you how much we feel about it miles drop the drop with this with this NBA jersey, I do look like I'm in like a 90, a 2000s music video doing the Harlem Shake. Yeah, for sure. You're definitely like my, you're definitely Lil Bow Wow standing next to uh, Vince Carter doing the Harlem Shake for sure. <laughs> That's such a specific reference. I don't think you understand. And I know exactly what you, which one you're referring to. Yep. Yep. Hey man, don't, don't try me on this 90s stuff, man. 
Listen, you we're not going to sit here on this podcast and act like none of us wanted to be Lil Bow Wow at some point, but that's another conversation for another time. And if we were to have that conversation, Mr. Miles Xavier, it would fall under what is quickly growing to be a fan favorite, which is our recommended and review section, man. And can you tell the people why it is that we really appreciate this section more than any other? It's all about recommended and review. Because that's the part where we interact with you. You know what I'm saying? We review what you recommend. We recommend what we think is cool. And this week, we're getting into two of the dopest, most soulfulest, most album of the yearest albums that we could even, you know, had a had an opportunity to check out, man. That's a bold statement, I know. But when you get into this Fabo, so Aquarius, and when we get into this Isaiah Rashad, the house is burning, man. If you was worried about the direction music's going in, if you ain't think there was really nothing that you could really rock with or ride with, that you are not alone. But you also might have been wrong. This, this, this hits. This hits. I'm talking. Talk, that's enough. I'm not gonna give away too much sauce, man. Not gonna give away too much. <laughs> indeed, indeed, man. We got a hot show. We got a hot show for the people, you know. And we have we have certain rituals going into this show, which I to me they start to feel like prayers. And one of them is whether it's one thought, one person, ten people, a hundred people, a thousand people, a million people. It don't matter to us, man. Everybody is absolutely welcome in this year's space. We do it for the love. We do it for the culture, and we do it because we care. And like my brother said, to be a good space for people, even if it's for an hour or two or whatever the case is we hope that this can be just even a second of relief because we know people are going through it bro we know people is going through it yep so if you're going through it one time for you you one big up yourself so look i know it's a lot of changes you know what i mean i know y'all see a lot of you might see a lot of different stuff going on again one time for the youtube audience we still love you if you are catching us on soundcloud apple music spotify wherever you are listening man we appreciate you something that's never gonna change though is that this podcast is recorded on stolen land that's right man chicago is in the building Joe Berg is in the building. You already know what's going on on this side. The building is in Chicago, which means that the podcast is recorded on stolen land. This land was cared for by the Potawatomi people and the Council of the Three Fires. And the violence done to remove them from this land is inseparable from the violence that we see in this city today, the violence that we see in this country today, and the violence that we see in the world today. Right? So with that, we got to lift up love for indigenous people the world over. We got to lift up love between black and brown people the world over. Like that, the intro's over. Let's get into the show. Yo, off of the back of lifting up love for black and brown people over, over this last week, it has felt like a very, at least from our perspective, a slow avalanche of a slow avalanche of, of conversation around black sexuality especially towards the the black man, you know, overcompassed by some remarks, at least brought the conversations were motivated further by um, remarks made by the baby in at Rolling Loud. I was about to say uh, made by rapper, the baby. <laughs> Sound like I'm on a news channel. <laughs> rapper, the baby. <laughs> That's not how we do things, man. If you already know how we do stuff, this is stumbled upon. Hey, y'all, come look at this. 
Thank you, thank you. Oh, even before we get into stumble upon addressing these changes, man, like like you were saying, bro. Um, we promised you guys a better show. Uh, we're not abandoning, we're not abandoning anything, you know, especially with the YouTube. It's just very important for us to get this thing right. We've always been fans of shows and have always felt the type of way when we get used to a certain rhythm of the show, a certain consistency and the timing in which they drop. But we're, you know, we hope that y'all can see where that time has gone into. And that's for, you know, us being intentional about making this a, a visual experience for the people that are watching uh, making this a, a better audio experience, getting more engaging, adding in different things that um, just take the conversation higher and get people to engage with us more, you know? So thank you. Thank you for being patient with us. Um, you know, it's, it's, we're coming through with it. We're trying to get these out quicker to you. We're trying to get these out, maybe even more of them out to you. There's a whole lot that we can play with and a whole lot that we can do, but just know, just know we're working hard behind the scenes. And if you doubted it, proof is right now, in the super fly layout that we got going yes sir i'm glad you came with the gratitude so i can come with the rest listen it's gonna come to you we serving it up hot you know what i'm saying we are in the kitchen right now man this new layout this new everything that we got going on this is called the kitchen we cooking up so get ready for some chefed up hot curated content for your cranium man you already know what's going on all the way live back in it Dub let's baby. get into the show let's get into the show so I was I I I wanted to speak to you, my bro, because as, if we, if we can preface it the right way, right? Do we want to get into what the baby said and go off of that? Because I'm willing, I'm open to having a conversation just beyond what he said. Because how I approached it is, I heard what was said, but then decided to pursue it. You know, a, a mental a mental journey of that of the conversation of black sexuality outside of that. But I'm open to discussing exactly what he said, if you are. Yeah, no, thank you for making space for whatever direction we might take. I think it's important to, like, if the moment catalyzed this stream of thought for us and for other people, I think we can talk about what the moment is. Uh, I think it's important to level set and set the intention of, like, first of all, his comments are not the views of this show of anything that we represent or like respect that that's foul. First of all, the intent of this conversation, I think is to have a conversation about where those type of ideas come from, how we can confront them, how we can change while keeping in mind as much grace and forgiveness as we can for our people. Right. So I think it's important to acknowledge what he said and what happened. I got a little bit I of that in front of me. Right. So I can rock So basically, the baby had an opportunity to perform at Rolling Loud uh, a couple, about a week ago in Miami, right? Amazing crowds, one of the first festivals mm -hmm. that's been able to come together and happen since the pandemic uh, in a full way. Stacked lineup, you know what I'm saying? And besides this story, really no other tumultuous events you know what i mean i didn't hear about any fights i didn't hear about any so big no up shooting right so big ups to that first and foremost but he had an opportunity to perform at rolling loud and in front of his uh, he took the time between songs and his set to say if you didn't show up today with hiv aids any of them dead, deadly sexually transmitted diseases that make you die in two three weeks put your cell phone light in the air Fellas, if you ain't sucking dick in the parking lot, 
Put yourself on light in the air. The least, the most I'll say, the most I'll give them is that that is, or the context that I'll give them is that what he was doing is, if you've ever been to a concert, especially a rap show, in between songs, you know what I'm saying? They're trying to engage with the audience rather than just play the music over and over again, right? So like, what he wants to do is have everybody engaged. He wants everybody to put their phones up. Oftentimes, you're picking out general statements that, you know what I'm saying, you would draw from to say, yo, everybody that got $100 in your pocket, put your hands up, right? Chicago, put your hands up. Exactly, right? Now, he chose to make some comments about HIV, AIDS, and fellas sucking dick. I'm going to let you... Yeah. So... One of the things about being in podcast, bro, is that everybody has a reaction to something, right? To a greater extent, we're doing the exact same thing. And so from from the perspective of somebody that is going to put their ideas out on a platform, I like to be responsible, especially when they involve... um, when they involve a reality that somebody is experiencing. And in this particular instance, the reality would be that of gay men. And I say gay black men in specific because that is what is relevant to not just my Oculus, but also the people who I surround myself with. It was said by a black man into what is a hip hop concert. Right now, if you understand the demographics of hip hop or been to a festival, you know that that majority of the people in that crowd are white. However, the fact that it was said by a black man is something that, you know, is it, it, it brings a little bit more relevance in that way. <clears throat> so I went out to one of my, my my friends who who is gay and spoke and I just engaged him in the in the idea, trying to find what our contribution to the to this conversation could be. He responds back in saying, why is it that two black men are even having a conversation about this? It's kind of like two men talking about woman issues. And I fully agree. And I fully agree. I said, you know what? I understand that this conversation is incomplete without the presence of somebody. I asked him to, he was like, yeah, nah. In the same way that when the, when the Black Lives Matter movement was happening, I remember me and you expressing fatigue. I'm like, man, all my white friends are calling me, tripping on my phone. I would imagine it is a similar type of occurrence, right? So in respect to that, I think on my end, it's important to acknowledge like, okay, that, I've, you know, we can accept that this conversation is an incomplete one without the presence of somebody that identifies as that. But then further than that, what I came to find is this conversation is important because for, from, from two cis male genders, right? Because... Look at me being responsible. But and and the reason I say cis is because a lot of what has been things like homosexuality is unnatural is in fact not true. Right. So when we speak cis, we're now speaking of an alignment of what your sexual inclinations are to what your physiology are. It, and that's and that's what we're saying, right? Where when those things begin to tra- when those things begin to mix, they these begin to be a trans something. Right. I'm not explaining that to people for any any other reason than to say that 
our perspective is that which aligns and identifies with that type of sexuality. And because of that, this conversation is incomplete. But there is still something to be said about black men correcting other black men about things that they say that are wrong. When something is when something is wrong, we should say it. Absolutely. And I think as much as it's important to acknowledge that the perspective of the community that was harmed is not present in this conversation, it's also important that the people who are of the community that did the harm reflect as well and think about how we can make spaces safer for the community that felt the harm, right? So in the same way that when there was the murder of George Floyd and some of my white friends were calling me to understand what they could do, what they should think, right? Uh, It's not my responsibility to guide them in action or to educate them, but it is their responsibility to take initiative. And I can respect that where that initiative comes from in asking, especially if, as you've done, you acknowledge your intent in asking and make it a part of the conversation that we now have and the action that we now take as straight men to make a safer space, right? Or at least talk about what happened and try and create a space for healing. So I appreciate you. Um, What, let's be as basic as we can about this. Why is what he said not okay? I mean, it's like, it's like, for instance, if you had a concert, right? And let's say a white entertainer gets on stage and he says, uh, put your, uh, fellas, put your hands up. If you're not outside listening to hip hop, wearing do-rags, sagging your pants. If he says something like that, the black community would be up in arms. I, we, we have, it's very peculiar that we have a, such a acute sense of when there's in, in, inference into what is supposed to be a black matter. We, we, we can identify very quickly, even if it is not necessarily said, like when, when, um, oh man, this is a throwback reference, but on the Howard Stern show, when they call somebody a nap, uh, uh, no, it was on ESPN, they called girls nappy headed hoes. He said those mm-hmm. nappy headed hoes, right? That, that immediate correlation we made without even blinking. And we, and we all understood exactly what it meant. And we always can understand these things. So when you are placing the prog- one fellas sucking dick, that, that, what does that have to do with anything? And, then pra- and that pro- proximity with what has incorrectly been associated as being a, a gay disease is also wrong. It's wrong. Right. What, right. In, in your eyes, what, what's, your, what's your take on it? No, I agree with you. It's wrong to associate homosexuality with HIV and AIDS, especially when you're putting out information that's completely false, like these diseases make you die in two or three weeks, right? That's dangerous. And that creates an unsafe space for the gay people in the audience, right? You have literally a crowd of people. Your entire intention is to get them to do what you say and engage in what you're saying and you're taking that moment and that control that you have to incite them against gay people and to be derogatory towards gay people that's wrong right mm. so as we let's let's continue to break down some of the the reaction and and start to expand this conversation 
to hip hop and then just to greater black sexuality in general, right? So we've seen reactions from people like Lil Boosie. We've seen reactions from T.I., right? Talking about how uh, if, and we'll get to Lil Nas X later as well, but talking about how if we're making space for people who are homosexual, who are trans, who are a part of the LGBTQI plus community, to share their stories and how they feel, then it should be okay for someone like the baby as a straight male to say how he feels and to be proud of being straight. I want to shoot that down immediately by saying you don't, you can be proud of being straight without being demeaning to gay people, right. Without excluding anybody who might've been sucking dick. Right. And if they are, if it was, if they're male, right. If they're one of the fellas from this experience that you're creating at this show, that's messed up because because I, I, I want to get to a little bit more about what T.I. or a little bit more about the greater hip hop reaction and like why hip hop's having a history of homophobia isn't an excuse for this. But I want to make what did you have something to add to? It goes it goes on to that. Right. Which now speaks on what circumstances allow for that type of dialogue and that type of language to be accepted within hip hop culture, right? When in fact the whole concept of hip hop culture uh, emerges from an oppressed group of people looking for ways to express themselves to the fullest, right? And so in, 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 in looking at the things that perpetuate that one of those things is nonchalantness and silence and, and, and the perpetuation of ignorance, right? Like we, we know we know from growing up what the treatment and the treatments of, of gay people are. We can never understand it. Neither can we ever truly empathize to a level that is an accurate reflection of what some of, 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 of what uh, a gay black man is going through or gay man is going through. But we have been present in situations where we have seen how they've been treated even, even more transparently. Right. If we, if we're using this as a space of openness, there was I said some things that were that in the past very long ago that I'm completely ashamed of so much so that I you know brought it up to you we had some friends at the time who weren't even you know we had friends at the time who we did not even know had come out of the closet but you know were around in that situation just out of the the, the fear of what I had said I still went back to apologize to that person in the case that they heard that and could could connect that back into the person that I am now. Right. Yeah. But we can, I think, I think you're doing a fantastic job. I think something else you just illustrated was that none of us are perfect, right? As a part of the black community, a lot of us grew up with the ingrained notion that homosexuality was wrong. And a lot of that is tethered to Christianity, right. And, and the church. And so I certainly know that, my parents have a very different ideas about sexual homosexuality uh, and everything along the LGBTQ spectrum than I do. Right. And some of those views have changed and shifted over time. But a lot of that comes from being raised in church where you're told that that was wrong. Right. And so we all have things to unlearn. Right. We all have things that we're not proud of and we need to make space for that. And what's important is knowing that being humble enough to say I was wrong. I, I did or thought or said the wrong thing wrong, not only to me morally as a person, but because of who I might have hurt in that instance, who might have been on the receiving end of that, even if I wasn't aiming it. 
which you weren't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so from there, I would like to move on to the baby's response where he says, what me and my fans do with the live show, it don't concern you niggas on the internet. What I do at a live show is for the audience at the live show. It will never translate correctly to somebody looking at a little five, six second clip, regardless of what you motherfuckers talking about. At the, all the internet done twisted up my motherfucking words and all my fans at the show, the gay ones and the straight ones, we turn the fuck up. Because even my gay fans don't got fucking AIDS, stupid ass niggas. My gay fans, they take care of themselves. They ain't going for that. They ain't no nasty gay niggas. They ain't no junkies. Oh, man. They got class. Even my gay oh, fans man. got standards. Right? And so that's his wow. response to being called out about his statements on stage. And so, again, I'll, I'll let you tell us a little bit about what that says to you. Stuff. It's, it's rough. Nasty. Yeah, man. It, it's nasty. Like, it's a, it's another instance of, of when part of my friend shun, sh- sh- shun, shun the can actually be of so much value. And I think it's so indicative of just the society that we live in, like the rush in order to respond. uh, It's so quick. It doesn't even allow our ego to get out of the way before we push Pat, before we push into it. And often what you see when you're speaking from a place of being defensive and speaking from a place of defending ignorance, you very quickly end up in a situation where you are almost encouraging that ignorance, right? And opening up space for it. So in the case of in this particular instance over here, it's like, listen, if being defensive and rushing quick to, to comment on things can, and can land people in situations like this, what, what, what did you think reading that? Well, first reading it just now, I felt that it should have come with the trigger warning. And I apologize for that. Like I honestly, as I was finishing that, I felt like I should have started this with like, yo, if you are a fan listening to this, like this is some messed up language. So I apologize for not saying that beforehand. Um, but, and I only read it because I think what he says in there has a little bit of something that we can that we can address and just break down really quick. So I'm dismissing the what we at my fans do at the live show. It don't concern you on the internet. If you're looking at a five, six second clip, nah, fam. What you said, it, it ran. I heard, I heard enough. I heard enough. There's no way you can spin that. So that's that. So, but the other thing that he says about his gay fans not having AIDS, his gay fans not being nasty, his gay fans uh having standards just perpetuates this whole narrative that the that that is especially the word that even in there you know what i'm saying even my gay fans don't got aids even my gay fans got standards it perpetuates the idea that yeah there are a lot of the majority of gay people are what did he say nasty uh that they are junkies that they got no class that they don't have standards and it's and it again as you said reacting quickly from that place of ego doesn't allow you to dismiss these prejudices you have before you readdress the world again. You have an opportunity to be different, to be better, to do, to start some healing. But if you double down on ego, if you double down on me being right, you're going to wind yourself, you're going to find yourself leaning upon faulty logic. And I think that's what happened here. And it's more times than not. It's nasty, man. It's nasty. Yeah. More times than not, more times than not responding out of ego in that manner will lead to that, right? There, there's there's always the the pursuit to 
to always be right, especially in being defensive, is always going to overlook some critical nuances that can open up space for perspective, right? And in this particular case, the perspective would have been to understand why the why the proximity of HIV and AIDS and gay people not only is incorrect from a statistical point of view, but also wrong from the point of view of its origination, right? It, it's if if you know what I know, being where I'm from, which is one of the highest countries with HIV and AIDS rate, that is not a sexually specific disease. It doesn't, it's not a, a sexual preference specific disease that is beyond ignorance from a, from a statistical perspective, right? Now, if we're speaking about what's real and what's not, forget, forget um, connotations and what we have, what we have, the stigmas that we have put against that, right? It is, statistically incorrect the majority of people that have aids are straight people that is from the book right and if we want to get into how that specific and if we want to get into how that spread that's a whole different conversation because we know that the migration of truckers and uh, people moving in from the city to villages is actually the biggest transmitter of AIDS. Men moving back into uh, men from the city moving back into their villages and spreading it that way. Now that is a straight thing. In the same breath, how come we then don't associate drug abuse with straight people? I don't. I yeah. I think that's a very good if, question. If we're, if, we're lab, if we're labeling things based on on us, if we're labeling diseases and symptoms, which is what we call that, how come we don't label that on on straight people? You know what I mean? That's and that's the ignorance. Well, yeah, it is. It is. It is ignorance. I think the faulty reasoning behind it is that gay people being ostracized from the community are often pushed to the margins where much like black people, native Americans, the homeless, there is a higher rate of drug abuse and use because you don't have the opportunity, you don't have the same opportunities and people use that as coping mechanisms. But I think the greater, the greater point is that even if that's not true, the whole point is that oppression is what's happening to these people. Right. Whether it's drug use, whether it's being disparaged after the you paid ticket money to get tickets to go to a show. Right. Like, yo, stop abusing people that are different than you, period. And if you're somebody who knows what that feels like, then you should have a special place to be able to extend your empathy to understand that even if you don't understand somebody's experience, let them rock. Period. And that's and that's always been the big hypocrisy of how black men in particular have treated um, gay black men or gay people is that we are faced with our kinfolk who are going through an oppression based on who they are as people, not as a choice, but who they are as people. Um, and they are being there's a prejudice against them because of that and the inability for us to be able to understand that, especially understanding that you know, black men are extremely oppressed and at most times need black women to pull them out of um, out of the oppression that they face. It would only make sense to be able to identify situations where people are feeling the same thing too, being treated unfairly for who they are. And you would hope that there'd be a window there where we can then come in to protect. So in kind of the purpose of this conversation is, and and, and I don't want to use this as a soapbox moment as we're holier than thou, which is why I wanted to leave with an example of saying that I've, I've, I've had, I've 
spewed ignorance before, right? I'm right. not speaking as a I'm not speaking as a man who 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 is perfect in his in 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 in, in, in his interactions and everything. No, I've 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 said things that I regret. I have understood why they would be hurtful, and now I'm a active. Um, I, I try to participate in conversations that can at least show the numbers of people that do not support that type of dialogue, that do not support that type of ideology, that do not support that type of misinformation, um, and also hold each other accountable. You know, if we can all, one of the, one of the biggest problems that I'm seeing Miles Xavier is that as black men, we're scared to look around each other and point other black men out. And if you don't believe me, go to a barbershop and see what happens then. Gangsters get quiet in barbershops, bro. Gangsters get quiet. Somebody cuts you. Most time people aren't going to talk. <laughs> like black men are scared to call each other out. You feel me? And so that's 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 kind of why on my end having this type of convo is so was so meaningful. And forgive me for choking up and and pausing so much, but it's it's very important for me to be to be to be to be very intent intentful with the words, man. Words don't, words of power. Don't apologize at all, man. I think a lot of the connections you made there are, are hugely important, and I just appreciate you bringing the appropriate gravity to this conversation. Um, but you know, we like to have fun on this podcast. So the way I want to wrap this up actually ties into a little bit of what you just said. You know what I'm saying? We have to hold people accountable. Uh, black men are scared to call each other out. Uh, there's a, there's a little bit of just, uh, as you said, nonchalance, a little bit of silence. That's the bottom line. So if, if that's the bottom line, right. And that's wrong. What does it mean that in the context of everything we've just talked about, the baby started his set or in the middle of his set and brought out Tory Lanes while playing features that he has with Megan the Stallion. This same set, same show, Rolling Loud. It it, it is what it is, dude. It is what it like, look, corny is corny. I there's no money that there's no money that covers that. And 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 by corny, I just mean uh, there, there, there's no need for that. There's no need for that. There's so much space to not take that road and and just corny niggas are corny niggas. Like it, it is what it is. A lot, yo guys. A lot of your favorite rappers are corny. Big facts. Heads up. Big facts. Break down a little bit of what the corniness is behind that. And I just wanted to because after what we just spoke about, to me, I'm not hearing his music the same. But to have this icing on the cake on top of it, like this little game he's playing, whatever. Like I'm done. I'm done listening to the baby. Right. Like I'm just not because, and that's not even like I get to a certain point with somebody where I don't respect you. I can't listen to your music, man. I can't put that stuff in my ears and feel the same way. Maybe certain songs. Yeah. yeah here and there. We'll see, but I'm not feeling it. So I just wanted to get your perspective on like, yo, give him a little bit of why to bringing Tory Lanez out is messed up. Look, and it could be, Miles, because like I'm a type of person that avoids drama, right? It could it could be that I'm the type of person that if there is space in order for there not to be drama, and if there's space for there for for there to for, for me not to inconvenience anybody with my presence, you know. It's, it, it, but then it, that and that and that's what I mean by the corny elements of it, right? Why bring out it, it it it's intent it's designed to grab attention is the corniness of it it's designed to grab attention it's supposed to be a shock moment the the the, the timing of when it happens the 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 features that are being used even the language like all of that like i i can see that it is something that is designed to 
send a message and grab attention. And we always say that fame is fame is the biggest drug, bro. Yeah. So if anybody who doesn't understand the situation, doesn't know what's going on, Tory Lanez is accused of having shot Megan The Stallion in the foot around this time last year, right? He's denied it or has been unable to speak and hasn't been able to give any details of his side of the story. She says he shot her, right? Point blank. And the situation did not warrant it. I hear a lot of people rumblings and saying that perhaps his side of the story is going to shift drastically. Cool. And if it does, cool. We can have a different discussion about Tory Lanez. But with the public knowing what the public now, and someone like the baby knowing what the public is privy to, like, bro, you, that's, that's not a good look. And like you said, it's just an attention grab because you know what people are thinking. You know what I'm saying? You And to associate that with, with Meg, that's, that's, that's messed up. That's messy. That's not how, that's not how we move. And that's going to do nothing but what? Hurt this woman? Come on, man. Even if the situation was messed up on both sides, why? Why perpetuate the hurt? Why, why sink to that level? Why not be above it? You know what I'm saying? You don't need no Tory Lanez at, at your show. Clearly, you think you're entertaining enough for everybody. And I don't need to get wild talking to the baby on my damn podcast. But like... <laughs> Come on, man. As men, we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard than that. We have to look at opportunities like that as not opportunities at all and decide, nah, I'm not going to do that. That's my yeah. take on it. This space is, is great because you have get to have conversations like that. And one of the more, even the the better part of this space is that we get to showcase art, you know, how, coming off of a conversation about artists um you know a lot of what we find joy in is bringing up artists that we dig artists that we like working with artists that love um you know artists that we believe in and you know exactly what we do man this is our artist segment and the artist in residency is still our boy add cooler than black emojis you know what i'm saying miles if you don't mind talking about some of our sponsors for us and let them know who's sponsoring this art today What's going on, man? You already know that Mandulo Foundation is sponsoring our Stumbled Upon segment. You know, every couple podcasts, we're going to tell you all a little bit about Mandulo. It's a foundation serving in South Africa and Chicago, bringing people food, bringing people, uh, you know, energy, man. You know what I'm saying? Whether that's the power, uh, solar powered um computer labs you know we 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 making major moves over there man and if you have anything dope that you would like to plug whether it's a business whether it's you know your art to be featured in this segment please let us know we would love to throw that up on this spot man we got this amazing cooler than black emojis piece right here man this is this is dope fly. i get justice vibes from this right here yeah, yeah, shot in Englewood, shot in Englewood. You know the boy's nice with it, and what I love about these images that he does is that they're shot by with a uh, with film, right? So you can feel the graininess in the film and and whatnot. It's just something about uh, a, a cool eye, man. It's I think it's dope. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I I just appreciate it. The black and white vibe is amazing. Listeners, listeners, listen up, man. If you're not checking us out on the YouTube, you're missing out on this dope art. You know what I'm saying? We're showcasing a little bit more of our personality, a little bit more of the stuff that we like, that we think is fly. Which is, we're always going to make sure that we prioritize y'all, though, and, and keep it funky so that just the listeners are still rocking, though. So just bear with us through this segment. But, man, this is some fly art. So if you got a moment, you might want to go check us out on the YouTube, man. 
Yeah, for sure. And if you're busy watching this on YouTube like I do and you got the phone charging somewhere else in the part of the room and you're not there, run to it. Check this out. When you While you're still checking that out, check out the boy cool them black emojis on, on Instagram. Give them a like on the pictures that you like and uh, let them know that you got this from all the way live, man. I think you'd appreciate that. And um, I think that's that's it for, for the sponsors, man. Let's get into the show. Yes, sir. We bike. All right, man. Yeah, man. Go ahead. Heavy, no. heavy week, heavy, heavy week of heavy week of content. Heavy week of content, you know. And a lot of a lot of this content does require us to be extremely responsible in how we approach it. Um, so if I say current and you play a wave sound, does that take us to current news? I hope so. It better. Current news: Simone Simone Biles withdraws from Olympic US. Brother Miles, what 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 you got on that for us? Um, I got a whole bunch of drops, man. Are we live? Like you know what I'm I saying? Like that energy. I like you know that what I'm energy. Saying? We said we said Simone Biles, but what we really meant to say was four-time Olympic gold medalist. Nineteen times, nineteen. That don't even sound right. Nineteen time world champion Simone Biles to go a gymnastics withdrew from the Tokyo team well actually that's wrong she withdrew from the team final and the individual competition but she's still on the team and we'll get a little bit more into that later right but she she withdrew from the team and individual competitions she came out she left after her first rotation on the vault and the uneven bars I was checking through a little bit, you know, doing the research, the pre-pro that we do for the show. There were different sources saying that she was avoiding some of her more difficult moves. From her, what she said was that she wasn't in the right headspace. She said she felt dizzy and that she just felt like her mental was not there and that she needed to focus on her mental health, that it was unsafe for her to continue to try and do the moves that she does, complex as they are. She has several moves named after her that nobody else can do. Several moves named after her that nobody else can do. Several moves named after her that nobody else can do. And she didn't feel right. She said it would have been dangerous. It would have jeopardized her physical health. Her mental health wasn't there and it would have jeopardized a medal of any color for her team. So she decided to step away. And I think that is dope. I think that is mature. I think that, you know, I'm sure that her teammate teammates who got the silver medal champions also, all of them, you know, felt, felt, felt a way about that. And and, and it's tough, but I think that as we look to the future, man, she's, this is a landmark, her, what Naomi Osaka has done in terms of tennis, stepping away from some of the interviews and major competitions to care for her own mental health will continue to set a standard of athletes caring for themselves. And hopefully that sets a bar that we arrange what we, these arenas for these athletes, these showcases for them in a way that also caters to their mental health. NCAA, you know what I'm saying? NFL, yeah, you know what I'm saying? FIFA. Definitely. <laughs> FIFA. <laughs> 2K. You know, we're, we're, we're getting exhausted of the mental drainage of these 2K blowouts, dude. There they, they has to be a support group for 2K, dude. I know dudes that take 2K 
very seriously. You stopped playing 2K after I destroyed you, you know? Talk about the mental health that you faced over some of the whoopings that I've given you. This podcast is going to be so long if I have to go back and correct all of the falsity in that statement. So we're just going to let that rock. We're going to let Zway, 2K champ, no cap, 10 games, you beat me seven, easy. King. But goaded and goaded of the goats and the goats and the goats that there's never been goaded, Simone Biles, man. Listen. Yeah. I think that's dope, man. I think that's some. I think it that's is. amazing. What do you? Think? It is. It is really. It, it is really dope, G. It is really dope. Um, and I like how you brought it in with that, right? Bringing in with the appropriate drops, bringing it in with the appropriate energy. Because in South Africa, we have a saying: "This is self love is self love," right? And even though one of those words is not English, essentially, it's uh, <laughs> there's four words and one of them is not English, but it's self-awareness and self-adoration if you want to keep the same, um, if you want to keep the same onomatopoeia. That's not onomatopoeia. What's the, there's a word when you have the two A's anyways, all to Alliteration, say. ironically. Alliteration. Enough. Oh, man. Oh, man. Ironically enough, indeed. Anyways, it is to say that self-awareness is really, um, uh, we say over here, vulnerability, to, the, the vulnerable are powerful, right? We literally open up our show with that statement, just kind of acknowledging how difficult it is at a moment like that. Like she says to be like, yo, listen, I'm not in the right mindset in order to be able to do this. I can't imagine, dude, I cannot imagine what it is to have something that I do so well that is so difficult named after me and expected of me to do in what is otherwise extremely precarious circumstances like we have learned the Olympics is. And if you don't know what the Olymp- how the Olympics is right now, check out our last episode on our YouTube. We covered that too. Just layups out here, man. You know what I'm saying? Layup lines. We make it look easy. But what's not easy is everything that Simone Biles has had to face, man. What it takes to become a champion, an extra year of training as the Olympics get pushed back. She's already a little bit older than a few of her other competitors, you know what I'm saying, and decided to come back to the game for a variety of reasons, including she said that she felt like she had to return to the game in order to continue to, to have a spotlight and pressure on everything that's going on with Larry Nasser. So for those who don't know, Larry yeah. Nasser was a, a trainer and he has been accused and I believe he's been convicted on a couple of the counts uh, sentenced to life in prison, I believe, for pedophilic touching of the gymnasts that were in his care, right? And for having pornography on his child pornography uh, at the crib. So this is another nasty man. Uh, and she, Simone is one of the few remaining survivors that remains active and is competing on the U S Olympic team. And so she felt like, well, I'll just use, I'll just take her words. She said, I just felt like everything that happened, I had to come back to the sport to be a voice, to have change happen. If there weren't a remaining survivor in the sport, they would have just brushed it to the side. Bile said in April right before all of this transgressed. So imagine all the weight that it takes of being the number one athlete of in the Olympics, which she is, the weight of carrying as a survivor, right, through this sport, which was directly related to the trauma that she went through, right, that 
of this man touching her, having to train in the same facility where she was touched by this man, right? To overcome all of that, be on the world stage, be the greatest, the champion, and like you said, be expected to perform several moves named after her that nobody else can do. And knowing, having the presence of mind and the maturity to know when to step away from that, come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. You, thank you for thank you for those drops. And I think like that that was the right point to touch on, right? With Larry Nassar. I mean, what is what could be one of the 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 largest rape cases in US uh in US history, you know, the amount of women that um the amount of women that he had access to, if you understand if you know the story about the camps that they used to take those girls out on, this extremely nasty stuff that these dudes were doing, that this guy was doing, and the people that allowed him to do it was um grooming um the the number of of of, of athletes that that you know suffered at his hands is is really is innumerable at this moment, if, especially because in this podcast we understand exactly what women go through, right? If they say that there's 10 women, that means that there's probably a lot more who are pressured. <laughs> To, yeah, you know, and the only reason I say the number 10 is because that's the number of convictions that he has, right? No, no, no. But, I'm saying, I'm saying we know exactly what women go through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's a 10, then you know what I'm saying? It's probably a lot more. All, all to say, and, and we're not joking about it, but all to acknowledge the, the, the lack of the system that allows or incentivizes women to come forward with that type of information. And so for her to be able to play through that, is particularly incredible. Bro, I know dudes that got beat up on corners that haven't been on those corners ever since. Now, imagine what it's like to go through what Simone Biles went through and then still having to perform tricks that are called after you, that are named after you. You know what I mean? That's that's extremely, extremely difficult. So for us, man, I think it's super dope that she was able to realize that about herself, put herself first, because at the end of the day, all of this stuff is temporary, um, all of this stuff, you know, it, it, it goes away. There are, there's champions now, there'll be champions later, but what doesn't change is who we are in the present moment and how we feel in that moment. So for her to recognize that and walk and, and step back, that is extremely, extremely difficult, especially with the money that's on the line, the expectation that's on the line. I'm sure her family is, dude, I was in, I did a TV show. I did a little TV interview, dude. I swear my whole family was watching, dude. I can't imagine if I'm going to go do this way flip in Tokyo Olympics. Uh, who's watching? And, you know, to to have the strength to even look back at that support system, be like, guys, I know how much has been invested in me and whatnot, but my my health comes first. I think that's absolutely big, man. And that's and that's something that we encourage and I hope continues to be accepted more in in mainstream mainstream sports, bro. Yeah, man. And for it to be black women leading the way in terms of, yes, let's prioritize ourselves. I think that's amazingly beautiful, man. From Naomi Osaka to Simone Biles, as we mentioned, and swimmer Simone Samuel also took time after experiencing anxiety. Yes. Put yourself first. I love it. And as always, man, the way forward is paved by. You dig me. You dig me. Is that our is Indeed. that the bow? Is that the bow we putting on on that current news segment, man? Because because Yep, 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 yep. Man. It's time to talk about it, man. Which one do you want to go to first? You've had a buffet of good music. Which which one do you want to tackle on first? I'm ready when you is. 
uh let's jump into this fabo man let's jump to the fabo first and that's that that fabo soul queries bro what you saying motivated moved is is right bro like for real another one that my brother heard first and was like yo this I don't know. If y'all check out the last episode, y'all could tell his excitement about this one. We was in the middle of the Snow Allegra review. My man jumped in and said, but the real R&B king. <laughs> man, I was like, yo, who is this? Who is this guy that's got my homie all hopped up, man? And it is worth every penny of that of that that pre-hype, bro. Like, seriously? Even the intro, man, the 90s theme, I felt like I was watching UPN, like it was jumping into Moesha or something. It immediately took me back. And I think that's a theme kind of between both of the albums we're going to review today. But Fabo, So Aquarius, man, yes. came out of nowhere for me. I knew I knew nothing about this artist before. I see that he's got another uh, project that's that's I feel looks like complete. It's called Free by Fabo. Came out last year. Might have to dump into that too. But mm-hmm. have you been following him? Did you watch him? Damn son. Hell yeah. Where did you Hell find yeah. this? Hell yeah, bro. You know, Miles. You know me, bro. I've been making I've been making sex playlists for a very very long time in my life, man. So I'm always on the hunt for the the best type of what I would call bedroom music. You know, and the, the my favorite type of bedroom music is that that's got that type of bounce, is that that got that type of feel. And so in the pursuit of, of being in these R&B streets, crossed by Fable a while back, even before he dropped LNF, Fable was in, you know, on a SoundCloud. You know, you can, it was, it was around that time floating around, um, around that, around that sound, you know. So coming off of that, there's... When you started dropping that new content with LNF, um, that Dustin Conrad type of music coming into coming into that 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 Cali sound for real. And what I love most about this is that it's produced by our boys at Selection, bro. Give a drop for the Selection boys. Y'all got one with this. Wow. Okay, y'all got one with this. Y'all got one with it. Selection. And I'm still man. up on that selection. I'm still up on that selection, man. So they were, they were, they were, they were really excited about this project. And as you said, man, all for right reasons. This is, this is what I compared to the. I believe the the the, the comparison I made. I said, bro, this is could be better than the Bryson Tiller's first album. Oh, for me, for me, it is for sure. For me, it is for sure. This is in a category with. Uh, Brent Fias for me in terms of music that I can just kind of let rock. And that takes me to an era which, yeah, I'll admit, man, maybe I'm getting old, but that era of music just slaps different for me. You know what I mean? That that 90s feel, that less polished, more focused on the actual vocals, man, the background vocals. I'm just, I'm loving this, man. If I'm getting into highlights, Supermodel right out the bat comes out yeah. swinging, swinging, swinging. Dustin Conrad, uh, an artist that I am a little bit more familiar with. That slippery goes hard. Polaris, Palm Trees, ATL. I mean, I'm just mm-hmm. it's, even, it's a lot, dude. It's, it's a lot. Stacked. It's stacked. It's, it's stacked, stacked, man. And and that's something. That's the overall thing that I this album left me with is that this is a whole. I can let this rock. This is one that mm-hmm. on vinyl, put it on and forget about it. Forget, forget mm-hmm. about it. This is. All the way through, man. <laughs> it's even hard for me to really pick out highlights and in individual tracks because it is 
it goes and flows so well together. I just, yeah. I got nothing but good things to say about this about this record right here, man. Uh, what you giving it, man? What you tell tell us what your, some uh, of your highlights on, are. On. <laughs> yeah, sure. no, no, no. Imagine me last week trying to talk to that Snow Allegra album while having listened to this, dude. It's, it's, it's difficult, especially because of how good this is. You feel whoa, me? Whoa, 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 slow down. This is great, better than the Snow Allegra album to me. But that Snow Allegra album isn't that gap isn't super super wide. I like that Snow Allegra album a lot. It's just not. It's not this. This is. This feels like I'm transported back to to the '90s. This feels like my jeans got a little bit baggier. This feels like my shirt got another X and XL on it. You know what I mean? And it feels great. It feels. It feels yeah. nostalgic, but still. It's written so well. Like it doesn't feel dated. It feels like the relationship talk in it is is super is relevant and and but the the vibe is just like there's so much more care in the music and so much less care for synthesizers and the pop sound. I just it's amazing. Snow, yeah. what she did is 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 something that's different from her first album. It's a little, it's a more eclectic, it's a little bit more fun. I still rock with that, but I, I'm not. This is I'll buy the CD of this and put it in my car and let yeah. leave it forever. So a better comparison would be what uh, those feels are from Snow Allegra. This is the this is to me the male equivalent to that, and a closer comparison in style and comparison, like my brother said, Brent Fias definitely falls in there, and that first uh, Bryson Tiller album for sure in there. Man, there's so many highlights, uh, you know. LNF on its own was a standout that came out a while back and we had been sitting on LNF and to see how they interwove that into the homie going into John Henry, uh, local ATL. So dude, jelly, that S five fifty. Oh, that S five fifty is stupid. You you know what I'm saying? How's my driving? So this album is damn near. It's, it's, it's so close to being, uh, it's very close to being a perfect album. And like Miles said, best enjoyed throwing it in the back and going so much so do that. I can't even pick songs out of this to put yep. into my sex playlist. You know, I'm struggling to find which ones I want to take out because if this is, if, if I'm going to just be dropping an album for that activity, I'm going to be dropping this, you know what I'm saying? The whole thing. So those are the highlights for me last week. I gave it a four out of five that I said, and I'm still going to keep that four out of five. I am budging. Yeah. I, I mean, I got to give this a five, man. And I, I don't want fives to be some mystical something that like no album can get. I like I said, this is an album that I would buy the vinyl of to support the artist. Like that's how I show, you know, add a little bit of monetary some some on what I uh you know, because we got these Spotify subscriptions and title subscriptions and Apple Music subscriptions. But when you really like artists, I I like to give them a little something extra on top. That's what I do. So this is this falls into that category for me. It's got to be a five. Last you know five. what, B? I, I I will I will I, I I like what you're doing, and because I want to give this a little bit more shine than what might otherwise come as a four out of five, I'll give this a four and a half out of five, right? And the only reason I'm giving that point five is that there are some tracks that I could do without on this album, right? There's just a few tracks that I could do without. This uh, let me rather say there's a few tracks that to me 
um, aren't, aren't my favorite tracks on there specifically. Um, if I'm looking at Beam and Local, those aren't necessarily my not nah, local local slaps. Local's it's actually hard. very close. I like Local's hard. I like um, palm, palm tree slaps too. Oh man, it's almost perfect. I think Polaris and Beam are the two that 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 take it away from me. Polaris and Beam, and then that at me, that at me featuring Rex Life Raj. Those those ones are the ones that are the point five. But that's me being nitpicky, man. But this this like my brother said, this this that this that. This that this that mm-hmm. This that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you're an R and B head and you like that sound, this that mm. while I'm on it, while I'm on it, that Thames album. Thames, she was featured on uh Wizkid's Essence. I know it's an older album, but I've just been going down that 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 rabbit hole. Thames, man, that's the one. Thames. And if you want to keep going older and older down the rabbit hole, if you're wondering Man, I wonder if I can get into some some old album that I might have missed from like the 70s. Here, my dear, Marvin Gaye. There you go. Telling you. You could play it back to back with this. Go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye, mm-hmm. here, my dear. There y'all go, man. Listen, what? R&B album of the year? Who said that? Me? Maybe. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to think on that. And we'll bring that and we'll bring that, we'll bring that forward. I'm going to have to go look through a few other playlists and a few other things. You know what I'm saying? Um, but this whole conversation, this record review right now is going to be dedicated evidently to what could be albums and, uh, albums of the year. And we don't stop with that one, man. We coming through with the Isaiah Rashad, the house is burning. Miles, Miles, the day is here. It finally came. After five years of waiting, Miles, five long years. I discovered Rashad with you in 2012. I did the math back. Well, actually, 2011. 11 coming into 12. 12 is when we really started tapping into Isaiah Rashad. We had just moved into the loft. I remember it was me, you bumping this, man. So we've been on Rashad for a while. Y'all listen to my old shit. Go back. Go back. Go back to the SoundCloud. SoundCloud folks, go back in those archives. Y'all listen to my old shit is a fantastic Isaiah Rashad mixtape, man. Go back to that. Run the Sylvia demo, Sons Tirade, and don't miss all the way up to this, man. This is crazy. This Mm -hmm. is, this is, listen. First, first off, Let's 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 situate Rashad in the game. All right. I like that. I like that. Take us there. I got time today. I got time today. Oh, we got rappers, time. I might not have time for today. Oh, we got time I today. Got time, bro. Listen. <laughs> so Isaiah Rashad is to me one of the most talented up and coming artists in the game. In accordance with that, snatched up by TDE, none other, Top Dog Entertainment, you know, home to the Kendrick Lamars. The scissors, the reasons, the schoolboy cues, the J Rocks. Sir, sir. You sir. know what I mean? Stacked. Crazy stacked roster. Isaiah Rashad is interesting in the rap game because I would say he can rap with anybody that's the most lyrical as you want to get. But I don't always know what Isaiah Rashad is talking about. I don't always need to. Matter of fact, most times I'm repeating it anyway. So Isaiah Rashad holds a very particular place in the game where, at least to me, he has the ability to create music that hits me emotionally 
without me needing every word to even be in a pattern that matches with my thinking. And to yeah. me, that is something that is so beautiful and, 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 and such a, such a pleasure to listen to that that puts him in a very particular place for me. I don't know, man. What, what, what do you have to add, man? I'm, 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 I can't, I can't lie, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I can man. tell you I'm can't supporter. control yourself. You know, Hey, listen, man, we, but that's something we don't do enough, man. As black men, yeah. big each other up, bro. For real. Like this is an incredible work of art that this man created means something to me having listened to it it hit i saw a meme that said i don't know did you send it to me that said let them know what it said man isaiah shabek's dude with five dollars who just spent their last five dollars until the next paycheck but it's gonna be all right that's right isaiah shot makes music for dudes like me who spent their last five dollars and know that the bills is due but think it's going to be all right. And this made me feel like it was going to be all right, man. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, no, nah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right on that, bro. And that excitement is very palpable because very recently I've been having conversations, not with you, but with other guys that really do dig Rashad just insisting on the tape. And the reason why there's been so much hype around the Rashad tape is because it's been quiet for five years, right? We haven't heard Rashad since he dropped the Suns tirade. And the Suns tirade was... A phenomenal piece of work. Uh, the Sun Sarade is a phenomenal piece of work that we both rank that as some of as as one of our favorite albums ever, right? Just an incredible piece of work. So even before that, dropping Sylvia's demo, which was a flawless mixtape as it came out, or a flawless first album as it came out. Um, we want to talk about fives out of fives. We're talking Sylvia demo in terms of mixtapes. And then even before that, y'all listen to my old shit, the SoundCloud drop. So the consistency of Rashad up until Sun's tirade before we heard that. And even between Sylvia's demo and Sun's tirade, we had a four-year wait. Started with an interlude on Sun's tirade addressing that 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 period going, oh, Rashad, the, what's wrong, man? Drop some music, drop some music. And so our frustration as fans has been, yo, you're the best we never heard. You're our brother. Please relate, but you're not dropping any music. So much so that when he stopped Sun's tirade, we didn't hear anything from Rashad until Why Worry in 2020, right? Not a, not a, not a nothing, barely a feature at that. And so he's definitely cultivated a big fan base. And I think we're, we're definitely part of that fan base. And so there has been a frustration on, yo, why won't this nigga drop any music, right? So what I dig most about this album is that after dropping the first single that with that Duke Deuce, which was a little bit shaky, he unloaded every snippet that we wanted, bro. All that snippets that we're listening to from 2017 that came out busting. I remember, I remember watching that snippet with you. He's in that Jeep just with the dreads. And for that, for those snippets that we all dug so much, to sound relevant now, some of those snippets are years old. That came out busting is years old, right? That that uh, running is, is is a while back, and for that to come out now and still sound so fresh and so relevant and so dope, man, this is this is dope. So much pressure delivers. I really appreciate the perspective of somebody who's been like following so closely that you caught all the snippets and can recognize them in the in the album. Because I actually had, once I heard the album all the way through, like the first time, I actually had the exact opposite take. You know, I wish I hadn't heard nothing before this dropped. If there was any album that like could just be, 
surprise here it is and it's just playing it all the way through it could have been this right like and maybe and maybe tde or top dog they're very you know particular with the way that they do things so maybe they don't feel isaiah rashad's in that space yet maybe especially after such a long wait or whatever but man just running this album straight through was such an experience that when i got to songs that i already knew i was like oh man this is another like literally even as he says on the album bro this is another jam right but it's like i can just imagine how crazy I would have went hearing headshots for the first time if I had mm-hmm. never heard it before, right? But with the first time you heard it, you loved it, is what I'm saying. Like the first I, time you heard headshots, you didn't stop playing it. That's true, but I'm just saying the I'm just saying the experience of an album, mm-hmm. I'm, like hearing like that and mix this. I took this chance and cop this and hadn't heard it yet, and to be rewarded with something like that to be re- and to continue to be rewarded the quality doesn't dip i'm somebody who was listening to it and was like man i might not ever listen to a isaiah rashad single again if i'm confident the album is is coming because man yeah but and that's why that's why him dropping those snippets i think is is has to be acknowledged right because in the the in in this desert of a time that we didn't have a lick of music from Rashad. All we had were the snippets, bro. All we had were the snippets. Like, that's all we had. From even headshots. I remember the headshot snippet. He's there dancing with some shoddy. Like, yo, this, that, this, that beat, this, that one, this, that one. And lo and behold, man, like, for it to actually be that one and for all these songs to hit so hard and for this album to be so, to like... I don't know any Rashad fan that did not have the pressure coming into this, stepping into this album and not being satisfied with it. I must say it does show he is listening to the, the, the crowd and being like, listen, I've got, here's, here's everything that you guys were rocking with while I wasn't there. And it's going to be better. I'm going to put Uzi on it. I'm going I'm to I'm throw an extra verse on it. We're going to get Kenny Beast to, dro- to throw some chimes on it. It's going to sound even better than the snippet would have sound, man. So like seeing Uzi jump on that, came out busting off of from the garden, man, that, that was dope. Even the intro with how it came out, it definitely, because that came out busting was one of the first feet, was one of the first snippets that we got. So for him to tease it with that elaborate, trumpet horn beginning and then drop it yo man like when i was because i was listening to it around around a a bunch of people who also had heard that snippet before and we did not know what song was going to be but we knew oh man if uzi's on there uzi and rashad it's going to slap and then for it to be this song that was a that was a super highlight in that moment and obviously if i'm getting into a few other ones r.i.p young something that dudes is really messing with headshots what you said THIB score, SZA and Black, man, that score song, again, is so, so smooth, showing Rashad's versatility. This dude is dope. He's dope. He's dope. Incredibly, Incredibly, exceptionally, man, like, exceedingly, man, like, Dark Side, yo, that R.P. Young, uh, Headshots, of course, man, there's just, there's, there's so much. Don't shoot, score, man, I, I, I rock with this. Another one where it's even hard to pull out individual tracks because it's such an experience as an album. This one I did actually jump on. Matter of fact, I was at track eight. I think it was at Hey Mister. And I was like, mm-hmm. cop, cop. So yeah. everybody who everybody who pulled up, man, J-Rock had an amazing verse. I messed with that. 
SZA and Black did they thing on score. Yeah. I was Everything happy to see YG this. Tut. Yeah, word. I was happy to see YG Tut. You know, as both of us being SoundCloud folks, off of that Preacher's Son album, which was something that me and you liked a hell of a lot when it first dropped, coming out of that that Isaiah camp, you know, somebody that he started with. So seeing YG step up and and uh, be with Rashadia, it did it did make me quite happy to see. I must say, man, what more? What more could you want, man? This man in pre-production was talking about he wants the deluxe. He's ready for the deluxe already. I don't think that's how TDE works, man. I don't think that's how Rashad works. But if this is what he's giving me, everything that I liked and some with the 16 piece coming out strong, man, this is a 4.5 out of 5 for me. Another one. Highlights for me, we've already said them. Lowlights, I'm not really feeling that. Um, the Duke Duke verse off of Laywitcher is not my absolute favorite. But what I dig, what I know, and what is so dope about Rashad albums is that they. The, he is one of the artists whose albums grow with me so much over time where there's so many different spaces to to move into the music and enjoy certain songs at different points in times. I know me and you, we fell in love with By George off of Sun's tirade at the same time, driving to driving to Cape Town, right? And, and playing that and listening to, to how that comes. And even Titty and Dollars when it first came out off the last album wasn't something that I was feeling, but over time it quickly became... Um, you know, over years, I was like, man, this song is actually really dope and I really dig it. So there's, I, I appreciate that Rashad always leaves that space for music to grow. Already, when I heard the score the first time, I wasn't digging it like that. But then I heard it again in a different setting and I loved it. And it just looks like there's a lot more. There's going to be a lot for me to keep going into and finding. I think Rashad off of releases is three for three. This is four and a half out of five for me. Another five. Two fives today. Unprecedented. Brother, never happened again. This is, this is the double five deluxe. You dig me. Drop bombs, bro. Drop bombs. You know Drop arrows. And I'm just so happy. For the, there's nothing like new music dropping in the summertime, man. So... <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There's nothing like it. And this is it. This is what we wanted. This is what we like. This is another show in the bag, man. Yo, we gave these people so much. We gave yeah. them so much. We the real deal now. We the real deal now. You know what I'm saying? You're going to see us get mighty cozy. You know what I'm saying? Just just delivering with this, con- this consciously, carefully, you know what I'm saying? Curated content. Listen. And you know why we do it. You know? They know. They know. Yeah. We know. They know. We know that on your way here, you might have had to wait. You might have saw it on Wednesday. It was like, where this pod at, man? You might have went to the SoundCloud. You might have went to the Spotify. And on your way there, you had to scroll past some other podcasts in search of us. And hold up. We are sorry, man. We, we, we don't want to keep y'all waiting, man. We want this hot and fresh delivered to you at your door. Nobody likes standing outside looking for the Uber Eats driver. Like, where you at? Don't, my food is getting cold now. The content, you know, time keeps on slipping into the future. It's not as current. This news. But we know, man, that's why we do this. That's why we do what we do. We promise to keep it pushing going forward, man. We're going to keep delivering stuff on time. We appreciate y'all, everybody that rocks with us. It is all love, man. Y'all joining in to a celebration of celebrating, a celebration of love, a celebration of how good it feels to be back and black. Don't it feel good to be back in black? Almost as good as it feels to be a Russell Westbrook fan. Lakers, Russell Westbrook, man. Being black, my favorite thing. Word. 
Word. And we hope that it feels good to be you. We hope that your team is winning. We hope that your people is eating. We hope that you hug somebody you love and eat something delicious like that. Peace, water, we gone.